Today's episode is brought to you by Alexandra Park BJJ. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a full contact martial art and combat sport that was developed in Brazil in the 20th century. With roots in Judo and Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, has been developed and refined into a unique grappling art with the aim to allow a smaller and weaker individual to beat a bigger and stronger opponent with the application of proper technique. Based in Muswell Hill, North London, Alexandra Park BJJ's classes are designed so that you can develop your fitness levels, balance, coordination and flexibility in a no-pressure environment and to provide the opportunity to start a new sport at a reasonable price. At Alexandra Park BJJ, we aim to be inclusive so that everyone can benefit from this incredible art, not just the athletic or ultra-competitive. To book your free class, head over to alexandraparkbjj.co.uk or email inquiries at alexandraparkbjj.co.uk. Welcome to Audiobookish, an audiobook review and discussion podcast looking at audiobooks both big and small, as well as radio plays, narrative podcasts, anything audiobook-ish. This podcast may contain spoilers, rants, curse words, mispronunciations of names and places, and more. everyone you are listening to audiobookish my name is Fahed Rahman and I'm joined by Poppy Knight. Hello and today we will be discussing The Dark is Rising by Susan Cooper. I'll read a, a bit of the blurb for this one. So The Dark is Rising is a 12-part dramatisation for radio of Susan Cooper's classic 1970s novel for families originated by Complicite and Simon McBurney directed and adapted for radio by Simon McBurney and co-adapter Robert McFarlane. It's a co-production by Complicite and Catherine Bailey Productions for BBC World Service. It's starring Toby Jones, Harriet Walter, Paul Rees and Simon McBurney with an ensemble cast, including 13-year-old uh, Noah Alexander as well, with original music by actor and singer-songwriter Johnny Flynn, Louisa Gernstein and Heloise Turnstall-Berens, with sound design by Gareth Fry. Um, do you want to tell people what The Dark is Rising is about a little bit. Yes, so. The night will be bad, and tomorrow will be beyond imagining. The Darkest Rising tells the story of Will Stanton, an ordinary boy who begins to have eerie and magical experiences on his 11th birthday, one snowy December. Will discovers that he belongs to a group of ancient time-travelling beings called the Old Ones, who are guardians of the light, and must wage an unending battle against the forces of the dark. The story opens on Midwinter's Eve, in the landscape around Will Stanton's quiet English village, something is very wrong. Birds are behaving strangely, and a blizzard is building, the walker is abroad, and the power of the dark is surging. Together with his fellow old ones, Merriman and the Lady, Will must entangle the riddle of the walker, protect his family from the terrifying rider, collect the signs of light, and defeat the dark. It is an immense burden on young shoulders. When the dark comes rising, who will hold it back? Great. So, um... We kind of decided to do this one because it's kind of the season for kind of wintry, Christmassy stories. So last year we did The Hogfather. So kind of in a similar vein, we decided to do um, this one kind of continuing the kind of fantasy Christmas stories that we're doing for our kind of like winter specials. So um, I'm not too sure where to start the discussion on this one. 
Uh, well, what kind of drew you to it? Because you suggested this one. Yes, I was just, I, I mean, it kind of it caught my eye last year because I do like listening to BBC dramas. And I yeah. think if I remember last year, it got kind of quite favourable reviews. And mm-hmm. I'm always looking for like fantasy authors that I've not yeah. um, listened to or read before. So that's kind of what drew me to it, why I kind of suggested it. Mm. Kind of my first notes are really about the the audio and the sound design. Mm, yeah. So I think like my first tip for listening to this is I think it's a far better experience if you're listening to it with headphones on. Mm. When I had it on my um mobile phone speaker, I think the mix wasn't like, ideal for that experience. I felt that some of the musical or like the sound effect notes kind of drowned out some of the uh, dialogue. Right. Bits, which is the same because the audio design, the sound design, I felt was excellent overall. But I think to kind of make the most advantage of that, you probably do need your headphones on. How, how did you feel mm, about yeah, that? So I totally get you um, because I listened to the first kind of five episodes, I think it was, uh, that wasn't through headphones. And then I had my headphones in for the rest of it and then got that 3D design um, sound stuff of it you know it sounds like someone's on your right it sounds like someone's on your left that kind of stuff that I just didn't get um, playing it through first car speakers and then my phone speakers um, so yeah I, I definitely think that is an added element and they mentioned that in the like little introduction teaser episode thing at the bottom of BBC Sounds yeah. so I definitely think that is a good way to listen to it um, I didn't have quite the same thing as you of finding that it drowned it out I think there was one bit when I was listening in the car that um, um, I didn't quite catch something, but I kind of thought that was more just in the car and it was quite loud because of driving down the motorway kind of thing. So I can't necessarily judge it. And I wouldn't have said that it's a disadvantage if you listen to it without headphones. Yeah. I kind of just felt that headphones added something extra. Um, but I did think that it was interesting to have it so heavily designed for headphones for this story with the bit that you had there about it being um, a novel for families, originally the book. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I started listening to it with my partner in the car because I thought um, we'd both enjoy it. And I enjoyed that like communal listening experience part of it as well. So I think, yeah, for me, it would be a trade-off. If you're listening to it on your own, pop your headphones in, but don't let that exclude you from doing it, kind of listening with other people on kind of external speakers or whatever. Um, I mean, if you have an amazing surround sound system, yeah, then you can have the best of all worlds. Best of both worlds, um, yeah. But yeah, that's kind of what I'd say, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, so I'd agree with that. And yeah, I just wanted to kind of also talk a little bit about the music as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of, they had kind of quite, just the music and the sound effects I thought were like excellent overall kind of um Mm -hmm. i think especially with the music they made uh some interesting choices is kind of i don't know how how would you describe the songs in this is kind of like i don't want to say like folksy but it's kind of they were very like there's an eerie quality Mm. to a lot of the musical compliments to this yeah there definitely was i mean my music theory is getting tested um as i think it has before on this um to properly describe it i don't really know but yeah it's it's kind of it's quite orchestral i guess like i think there are a lot of um different instruments in it and a lot of different vocal parts in it as well um so it's a really kind of full musical part and like you say really eerie it's really great for setting the atmosphere um and not only setting the atmosphere also reacting to the atmosphere Mm. right so um the music is used um as well as bits throughout i'm pretty sure it's used at the start and end of episodes classically but it changes so like there's episodes kind of near the peak 
peak where you've got really high tension and the music is is hyped up it's much more tense and then you have kind of leave one episode on a on a sad moment and the music is much lower and much slower and yeah it just the fact that it is adapted to the point you're at in the story just incredible and i just really enjoyed the music in itself as an enjoyable thing to listen to and it's going to be in my head for a while yeah um so yeah no i thought that was absolutely fabulous and agree with you about the sound design itself being fantastic as well um i thought maybe the at some points that 3d-ness that they'd done for me felt a little bit overused for no need um but like the actual sound design itself um i thought was fantastic you know kind of uh, the sounds that we use really built up the you know the soundscape and where you are who you're with what you're hearing what the emotion is um just making it a really full imaginative world fantastic and yeah the 3d did add a lot to it as well in in most cases so yeah i thought all sound wise uh, absolutely fantastic yeah, I mean, it's kind of quite clear a lot of work went into making mm. it, you know, when audio sound design works well, it does, it kind of brings you into the world of, of the story, which I think it kind of did quite well. Yeah. Um, kind of leading on from that, I felt what sometimes took me out of the story a bit were some of the performances. Okay. Because I think I felt sometimes it just didn't feel super natural. I think I found it partly with Will, though I understand completely this is a child actor (laughs) Um, and a lot of this kind of comes with experience and stuff like that but yeah some of that to me felt kind of more that I could feel the script beneath the words kind of thing um, more than being fully immersed in it kind of like the main example I could give was it felt sometimes like he was over enunciating so kind of like overly reading the words and getting the words exactly correct that lost some of the believability in the performance i felt um but it was a good performance overall it was just yeah that style of it i felt for me took me out a bit made me less convinced by his character but then it wasn't just him necessarily i think there was some of the adult actors as well where i felt the same kind of thing i kind of could hear that these were written words rather than the character speaking and i think it was maybe a case sometimes of you know if actors are used to being able to use their body while they act, that then maybe they overact when they just have their voice um, is possibly yeah. a reason why it was. But yeah, basically, I felt sometimes like I was listening to a radio play rather than I was listening in on Will's adventure around this story. You know what yeah. I mean? But okay. overall, it was fantastic. And I definitely think that some performances were incredible. So um, the narrator, which he was, was awesome. He was yeah. so good. So, so good. Yeah, yeah. So that was Simon McBurney yeah. and absolutely brilliant. I could listen to him all day, every day. Incredible voice and wonderful performance and perfectly suited to this eerie, wintry, fantasy, dark story as well perfect and then yeah um hawking and merriman which was toby jones and paul reese i believe as well i i thought they were really really good and yeah my criticisms of the other performances didn't pull away from it totally it just wasn't as immersive as those sections with these guys which fully pulled me in yeah i mean i agree with your comments about um the actor that i was playing will i mean it's a difficult thing to kind of get that yeah so kind of rules characters is he's 11 year old boy he's been pulled into this strange world and to kind of get that sense of like fear and Mm. awe, and you know to get that all kind of sounding natural Mm -hmm. is kind of quite i mean even for kind of you know adult actors that would be 
yeah quite a challenge um one of the things i you know i was looking around a little bit on on the internet for kind of different notes about what other people kind of picked up on mm-hmm. this and one of the things i thought was quite interesting about some of the choices that the actors made was kind of around accents so one of the things that was mentioned in a few places was that Will's family kind of had a rp bbc mm. voice and then it seemed like the locals had more like you know regional accents and i was just mm. wondering if that's something you picked up on yeah well. a little bit and certainly because wills is like incredibly rp i i kind of feel or maybe yeah. not rp but you know certainly quite a, a posh sounding voice really yeah. and yeah that then doesn't fit with the rest of the characters um in the same place that they live like you say yeah i think i did notice that distinction there that I'm not sure really needs to be or should yeah. be um yeah I mean, what did be, you think i think to be fair it's not something that i picked up on initially but it's kind of when you're reading comments from other people so oh yeah that was a bit weird that like mm. will's family sounds like completely different from like everyone else in the community mm. almost and it's kind of like and it does seem like they've their family have been there for kind of like quite a long period of time as well so there was that i mean until someone brought it up to me it wasn't something that i'd necessarily had thought about but yeah it's mm. kind of maybe maybe just being a little bit nitpicky there but yeah, overall i think you know the star of the show for me was the narrator um mm-hmm. simon mcburney and obviously toby jones very rarely does anything wrong and i felt his mm-hmm. performance was kind of especially good um mm. as well so um yes yeah, so i felt that was um those are the two stats and he's yeah like, like you mentioned simon's got like a, a quality to his voice that really kind of it is beautiful to listen to so i'll, yeah. I'll be i'll be it's kind of one of those voices where i'll be kind of maybe checking out if he's released any other or audio books or radio plays yeah, and yeah i saw yeah. like um because i had the same thought and went and looked on audible and could only see three um oh it's under such him, a shame but, yeah i know that but is... i guess you know because he's what the co-adapter and a producer and yeah. director or whatever on this you know he's probably got his fingers in a lot of pies and not yeah. all that time to be um reading a ton of audiobooks but i'm glad he's done some and yeah i I'm tempted to listen to some, even if they don't appeal to me as the book sense, because he is a, a fantastic narrator. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Okay, so should we talk a little bit about the story? Um, what's kind of your first note that you've got written written down? Um, I think about the story, I was drawn to, I think, similar things that you were kind of more um, fantasy stuff and an author that I don't know yet and the intrigue and the darkness and stuff like that. So I was intrigued by that. One of the things I've got written down here about story, I guess, isn't quite what you're getting at. But um, I did feel that in this being an adaptation as a radio play and not an unabridged audiobook, yeah, it has condensed down mm-hmm. a novel into a much shorter time space. And I think I did feel like that meant it lost some of the depth that I imagine was in the original. Yeah. And kind of in a way that I think it maybe hit all the major plot events, but some of the the reason and the substance and the law behind them was maybe lost. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it felt a bit more like we were just getting carried through these waypoints rather than a convincing story and, and all the motivations behind it and all the complexities behind it that would have made it richer. Um, so I kind of felt like I was missing that. But 
I do like that this, for what it is, it is a 12-part dramatization that's really immersive. And so for that, I still think it was good. But for me, as a story, it was lacking some of that, yeah, believability, yeah. I guess, in the events that happened because it, it didn't have enough meat behind it. Yeah, so, I mean, I'd chime in with that as well. as I'd kind of agree with that a little bit. I was, again, when I was looking for notes online, it, it, it is an adaptation and they have kind of taken some of the events in the book and put them in like a different order so right. uh, yeah so that was kind of one thing i noticed and uh, when i was also reading reviews in the book there like a lot of the book focuses on like will's internal world and kind of how he's interpreting these things mm. and that's really difficult to get across in like any sort of dramatization let alone an audio adaptation so that's i think some maybe some of where the depth potentially is missing from yeah i definitely think that could be where it's missing from because i think that was the thing it kind of felt like will just stumbled upon all these things so like you know for some context for the listeners will is the sign seeker and he has to find these six signs of light and yeah it felt a little bit like will wasn't making many decisions that led him to these signs he sort of just ended up at them um and i did like there was one bit where it was like this is important this is how it should be this is why he's appeared to us now um it's something like that that i thought was like okay fair enough that kind of explains it a bit as to why it's not just well merriman's just taking him to all the signs what what did it need will for kind of you know kind of explains it more because it's more about fate but yeah i did feel like will didn't have much agency in this adaptation and probably as you say because his inner thinking wasn't really brought through it as as much yeah and kind of just will i don't want to say he comes across as a like a shallow character because i don't think that's correct but in terms of like his character journey i don't think well i certainly didn't get a firm idea of who he was before like who he is now Mm. what he wants to become what he's risking and like where he wants to to go it it does seem kind of like this and maybe that's maybe uh, a theme within the book kind of like fate having placed things upon you and you not having much um Mm. agency in deciding what happens i don't know but it did feel kind of a little bit kind of a well this happened and then this happened and this happened instead of like because will did this as Mm -hmm. a result that was the consequence and then as a result of that consequence he decided to do that if that makes sense yeah oh it totally does no and i completely agree with you and now you know skipping to the end of it but i would recommend that you go listen to this um and i wouldn't tell anyone that you can't listen to it without reading the book not at all i think you can definitely enjoy it on its own But just for the point that we're raising at the moment, I kind of feel like it works better or on another level as a love letter to the book. Yes. So sort of like if you already know the book and you know the lore and you know the events of it, then you can listen to this, be immersed in an amazing audio experience and go, oh yeah, now that bit's happened. And you understand probably, I would imagine, a bit more of the context behind it that allows you to appreciate that story even more and not pick the same fault with it. I would say, especially because when I was looking at it, I think The Darkest Rising is actually the second book in this series. Um, And so this completely does stand alone. But I imagine if you've read the first book, you've read the second book, and then you listen to this, yeah, love letter to it, then you'll take way more um, from it as well. But yes, don't think you have to read it before you listen. Definitely listen as well. I think the thing is, there is a lot to recommend this um, adaptation. I think in terms of the audio design, the performances generally. The other thing that I, I really, kind of enjoyed was the setting of the world it kind of relies on a lot of like uk 
folk tales that I wasn't necessarily that familiar with kind of oh, these, these okay. folky mm-hmm. folky figures that I, I don't think necessarily are going to be on the national curriculum so it's kind of like got my ma- imagination thinking because obviously Susan Cooper's like based these figures on something somewhere and kind of like you know there's like um, a sort of like a headless horseman type figure and the character of like uh, Merriman is kind of based on another UK um, sort of mythical folk figure as you know there's also a character of like a, a blacksmith who and, and that's the only reason i knew that blacksmith was like a folk figure because he appeared in a one of my favorite comics fables as a uh, which is about uh, a bunch of fairy tale characters that have been expelled from their fairy tale land Ooh. and he's one of the you know the blacksmith's character's name is the same as in that comic so i was thinking oh so she must be basing these characters mm-hmm. off of different people in fables or folk tales and um stuff like that so that was kind of really interesting mm, that's um, really cool to me and there's you know, the, just the, the eerie way she kind of places things kind of like the for example the the walker and the the rider are really creepy mm. characters there's like a sense of like menace about them especially in in kind of different ways kind of there's a deliberate malice to the way like the rider talks to will and you know the schemes mm. that he puts in place where the walker is a more like chaotic agent you don't really know whether he's going to do something bad or good and there's mm-hmm. always like that hint of danger about their kind of interactions with the character and you know especially the walker turns out to be kind of there's like a tragic villainy to him which mm. kind of, i kind of i always quite enjoy so yeah that's so, you know both those characters immediately kind of grab me as well as like the hints of you know me wanting to jump off and do like Wikipedia research and kind of like <laughs> where she's found the inspiration to put these characters into a story as well. Yeah, no, no, that's really cool. And yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I mean, I didn't know those connections and I definitely want to check um, Fables out now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with what you say about those characters and that was really interesting. Um, I think it's important to say though that um, don't listen to this and think that it is like utterly terrifying and you can't let your kids mm. listen kind of thing. Um, it very much is, I think, a family story and the um kids will be you know find it find it scary but not in a hopefully not in a absolutely terrifying way but in a wow this is a um a dark um tense um engaging story but is definitely um you know suitable for families and they'd enjoy and i kind of felt myself that maybe it's one that i would have enjoyed more when i was younger yeah kind of thing i did definitely enjoy it but i sort of feel like i might have enjoyed it more then and then maybe you know now i would maybe enjoy it a lot but with that bit of nostalgia in it again really liked it definitely good for adults but also for for children as well it's not as uh dark and horrible and scary and creepy yeah. uh, as it might sound it just has those elements in it really well it did make me think a little bit about something that i did really love when i was a kid which was um a tv show called through the dragon's eye which was like uh educational story kind of thing it was like helping you to read mainly yeah um and it was like on during school hours so like you know when teachers wheel out the tv on a stand yeah yeah yeah. and so they play this and i really loved it i think i definitely watched it one time when i was ill i don't know if that was the first time i watched it or whatever but i saw this and so my grand taped it for me when i was at school so i could watch the rest of them um and it was really good and it has uh, a similar vibe i felt in this in that it is kid friendly but it is also there is a real threat of danger and there is a really scary villain 
in there and the kids have to work to overcome this and to not let well darkness take over the whole world kind of thing so yeah i don't know it was a it was nice for me to have that little connection i think yeah i think while we're going on into comparisons Mm. the other things that kind of like maybe came to mind when i was thinking about this story and why i just wished it worked a bit better than it did Mm. because i was especially thinking about like the his dark materials thinking well maybe part of the other reason it's not i'm not i really enjoyed it it's like this, it yeah. sounds like I'm being ultra critical. No, no, no. It's just, I, I just um, when you compare this with like other stories that might be in a similar vein, like I think his dark materials also has a, a similar level of like jeopardy and fear. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's definitely suitable for for children as well. But um, with like his dark materials, there's multiple characters that you could kind of you understood what their mission was, and like with it's basically this is just wills story and i just wish that maybe other parts of his family or he had a gang to do this adventure with Mm. yeah i mean i guess he kind of does with the old ones but i see what you mean it doesn't really feel as much like that um yeah and i think another important comparison not necessarily with the age bracket part but is guthrin that um we've done a review of and we both absolutely loved so another um bbc episodic dramatization kind of thing that was absolutely fantastic and yeah i think the two have similar you know where the sound design is great and um the narration is great and some of the same kind of like fantasy elements in it and that definitely did have the depth of story and stuff like that and so if you haven't listened to gutheran yet i definitely recommend it and certainly if you enjoyed this then i think you'll really like that that was um yeah super good yeah cool so i I don't really have any other notes on this so like for me i found it really enjoyable definitely worth listening to there's 12 episodes are around 20 minute long each so it's definitely kind of it's not kind of be a massive mission to listen to this it's really i found it really enjoyable the sound design was excellent the performances overall were superb as well it just yeah it makes me interested in maybe checking out the audio book and seeing mm. where, where the difference is so maybe that's something you maybe do like next year at some point have you got any other notes that was cool, yeah yeah um just on that it's sort of interesting because i was kind of wondering with having the choice of reading kind of written word or listening to audiobook i was sort of feeling like maybe i'd want to read this mm. because having had this amazing audio experience with this adaptation would the audiobook feel like it was missing that sound design or something like that you know what i mean Uh, which it won't necessarily but uh, yeah part of me was thinking like well maybe i I do a completely different thing to try and get the backstory and and read it visually um but yeah i'd I'd still be interested to see how the audiobook went i'd be happy to um, to listen to that um there was one thing i feel like i can't not mention and i wonder if you noticed it as well um but minute five or i guess it's the sixth minute um of episode 10 when will is riding a horse the sounds sounded very inappropriate to me. Did you? Have I I that didn't at all? I didn't I didn't pick up on that. Um, oh, okay. Well, then maybe I don't need to worry as much. Um, there was some there's some breathing noises, saying faster and yes a lot that okay. felt inappropriate, especially coming from a thirteen year old, and especially thinking that an adult has written it for a thirteen year old to do that. Yeah. Okay. But I'm I'm glad that you didn't think it i guess because maybe it is just me being really dirty minded because i was starting to think like how has anyone let this through when it's this obvious but maybe it wasn't um yeah so other things you said about it being like 20 minutes and stuff like that and i've also seen because my mum 
reached out to me about this book independently of knowing we were doing it for this. Um, there was talking about kind of how there's like a, a reading suggestion for the book and also you can do it for the listening for uh, this adaptation of doing a part a day. Um, so you can sort of follow it in real time with what's happening in the book. So yeah, it's sort of starting on the 20th of December and then listening to one episode each night for the 12 days. And then, yeah, you, you follow along with the days that are happening in the story, which is kind of cool and something you might want to do. And I think this is good because you do want to keep listening and you certainly can, you know, binge it, but it's not so cliffhangery Moorish at the end of the episodes that you'd feel like you were really putting a restriction on yourself to say, no, I'll listen to the next bit tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, yeah. there are definitely some stuff where if you told me I could only listen to one chapter a day, I, I no, that's, that's not fair. I need to yeah, know what happens yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And this isn't that. I think they end in a nice way where you can listen to them all together or you can pace it out like that and do that cool kind of read-along thing, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and another quick thing that I saw online as well is that Complicite, who did this, are running a competition at the moment aimed at 11 to 13-year-olds for writing a radio play and the top two that they pick they're gonna make into a short two-minute radio play and that closes on the 8th of january so yeah if uh you or your kids are interested in that then uh, that could be that could be cool that sounds yeah that sounds brilliant so i think that's kind of a recommendation from both of us yeah yeah definitely really okay guys so um uh thank you so much for listening to us this year i hope everyone that's listening has a great christmas and uh, a great 20 oh it's 2024 now isn't it um, a great 2024 <laughs> yeah um thank you so much please continue to support the podcast you can do that by following us on social media leaving a rating review wherever you're listening to us and if you want to get in touch you can get in touch with us uh, on social media at audiobookishpod or email audiobookishpod at gmail.com we've got a patreon account and a tip jar in the episode description so if you can donate that that'd be great um on a personal note as we are recording this my close mate imran who's previously been a guest on the podcast his daughter is seriously ill in hospital um at the moment so please keep her in your thought and prayers over the um festive season and uh imran i love you dude and um i'm praying that your daughter has a swift recovery okay mm-hmm. sorry on that to end on that a uh, little bit of a somber mm-hmm. note okay um uh thanks poppy let's say uh bye to everyone bye bye